the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Mark, it's quite simply a mess. The reasons for the case of it being a mess are pretty obvious. You've got issues in China with slowing growth. You've got Japan seemingly in an endless uh, sideways economy. You've got Europe and Greece and uh, a couple years behind U.S. is a great recession, but they're they're making their way. Foreign markets certainly didn't provide a catalyst or a boost today. There were weak on the heels of Wall Street's weak showing yesterday, and no real uplift from the economic data, which featured a surprisingly decline in core man- machinery orders in Japan, a larger than expected decline in the producer price index in China, and surprisingly big decline in French industrial production. So the economic data worldwide is not going to help us out. Maybe. You know, the idea that China will do more uh, to help their own economy, uh, whether it be monetary or fiscal stimulus, something's coming down the road. We're expecting easy money. Again, you get to the point where it's, it's just it's built into the system, and it's, it's nice, but you would rather it be more inflation out there than, than what's going on. So back to the United States today, uh, David Tepper is talking. Tepper, a big... Uh, financial guy in the world of uh, Wall Street saying that, you know, short term, he's kind of bearish and that makes him nervous. He doesn't like that. So he says he has a lot, a bunch of problems with the stock market. I can't say that he's like a, a, a stupid man. He runs a $20 billion distressed debt fund. He did say, you know, in longer term, you're going to, you know, maybe we're not going to go for 8% uh, earnings growth. Maybe we're going for more like 5.5%. And that could change the returns on Wall Street. Uh, earnings ultimately are what drive Wall Street. Um, so David Tepper, a little bullish, uh, bearish today, but he still said, you know, in the long run, I'm fairly bullish. We have the markets lower or flat is probably the way of saying it. The SP 500's down one. It's kind of flat, right? The Dow's down 11. The Nasdaq up to 10-year Treasury sits at 2.21 percent. 
the Fed. That's coming up uh, early and mid-September. So that's soon, soon fast approaching. And you see oil at 44.5. Eh, oil's uh, definitely not strengthening or definitely not telling us that the world's strong as far as economic activity goes. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Excellent, excellent. You're here in town to promote the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar tonight and to help me through the two-hour show. Um, <laughs> Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel. I think we only get to Pleasanton about once a year now. Yeah, so, I'd say that's about right. Uh, people should show up if uh, you're over in that area. You can sign up today at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Secrets to tax-efficient investing. What can you do to maximize Social Security? How to reduce the risk of outliving your savings? What are some other things that you're going to be talking about? Um, we'll kind of go over point by point how you go through retirement planning and the 10 key things that you really need to know about. So, I mean, the event's right for people that 10 years away from retirement or so, they think they are, or if they're in retirement. It's not for the you know, 30-something that's trying to figure out what to put money into and start saving. It's for people that already have saved assets. They already you know, think they're within 10 years of retirement, and they want to know how to which accounts to draw from first how to rebalance a portfolio. Is it okay to retire? You're talking about muted earnings growth over the next couple of years. I'm seeing low interest rates for at least the next five years. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, wealth has been created. The market has gone up since 2009, almost straight up. But finally, we've had a bit of a correction here. But it's a scary time to retire because of healthcare costs, because of low interest rates. It's, it's, it's a scary time to retire. So you have to have a good strategy in place. I'd agree with that. Um, and it's also just a scary time to retire anytime because you're making a big life transition. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're aware of my mother's most recent. We put her in a nursing home recently, but uh, uh, she cashed in one of her CDs, and she's addicted to the Home Shopping Network, yeah. and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You can't block it on the phone. You can't. It's it's pretty heinous. It's tough. Yeah, I, I think I told you the story before where my grandmother, as she started to get dementia, we went over the house, and there was like, four copies of the Reader's Digest, the little books that, which I still like. <laughs> the stories that are in Reader's Digest is pretty cool. But she had two copies that were in super large print and then two regular copies, and she kept buying them. Every time somebody would call on the phone, if they were nice, she would buy. Yeah. Uh, so keep, keep an eye out for Grandma and Grandpa. Running my mom's financial numbers, she used to have enough money till the day she dies. Now we're hoping she dies before she's like 93, 94. <laughs> So yeah. uh, otherwise it's going to be a financial drain on her kids, which I'm more than happy to accept, but yeah. you know, that's not what she wanted. And like there's things like Medi-Cal in California and where your mom is, it'd be called Medicaid. Um, so there is things that kick in when you do run out of money. And there's also specific laws. If you're a married couple and one spouse goes in and it's very clear that the other spouse is going to be in poverty soon, then there are spousal impoverishment laws and things that you can do. Working with a financial advisor and especially an elder law attorney to help protect some of the assets so you don't have one person in the nursing home and one person homeless. Good stuff. Yeah. So this is why so we're, we're exciting people. Death, taxes, nursing homes. What else can we do? Talk DraftKings. At least I got my Phil's coffee today, though. <laughs> You're one of those. So, um, NFL starts tonight. Yeah. See how so, Brady does. <laughs> this is an excellent reason to come out to the, the seminar tonight. Good timing on that one, huh? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like when we do Saturday or Sunday seminars. It's The weather's nice. No one shows up. I know. I'm, just, I'm wondering if Mark, our senior advisor here, is 
going to show up. He's a Patriots fan, and that's a tough thing to be lately, right? I I think he's looking good. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's you know Brady has to come out and perform. I mean, if there's ever been any pressure on on somebody between the the cheating issues and Deflate Gate. Better and, you better win this year. And on the other side of it, he now is more uh, what's the word uh, more motivated than ever. So and again, that's how Wall Street works. You took the don't look like a cheater aspect. I took the he's going to be super motivated. Mm-hmm. Same thing on Wall Street. Like Apple can come out. Apple had a, a great product day yesterday. Was there anything innovative that blew our minds? Probably not. Although I'll tell you, I think the TV product. I I'm, I can't wait to get that. Yeah, I think the TV products could be much much bigger than people yeah. think because of one thing: the App Store. Because it's going to have the App Store because they have a remote control that acts as a that, you, a that you're controller. not going to lose because you can use your phone. I don't I, I don't know where my Apple controller is right now. Yeah. My Apple TV, it's it's you know this big and it's gone somewhere in a couch. Well, the new one is also going to be used as a remote control, mm-hmm. um, a, a game controller. That's right. what I'm trying like to say. Like a Wii. So it looks. I mean, they, they showed a game that looked just like the Wii. And, right. You know, that's passive, but I like the way Apple has kind of a passive aggressive strategy, and I think people underestimate that they just created a new product. Well, the other revenue sources too. We were talking about this before we got on the air, but the 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 ad blocking that's going on in Safari. And eventually, if people are going to want to put ad, those kind of ad following deals on, for any Apple users that use Safari, they're going to have to pay Apple. So Apple's an incredibly cheap stock with a cheap valuation, but a big problem. It's it's too big of a company. Right. And they so. had a huge amount of their growth was coming from China. So we'll, we'll see what the numbers show. Like I was saying before, and I was telling this to to clients in a letter as China started to kind of fall it's not the, the lower class in China that buys the iPhone. It's the wealthier people. So the, the iPhone with currency change became, instead of 600 bucks, 618 bucks. Do so you think that's going to stop them from buying? Probably not, but we'll have to see what the numbers look like. With that said, I personally think Apple has one more big push, and then it becomes a really a dividend play through and through. Big event tonight, Pleasanton, Sheraton, Pleasanton Hotel, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning with CFP, Chad Burton, myself. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It could be tech. It could be investing. It could be insurance. It could be how to start saving money. Some ideas along those lines. You can talk Apple if you want, uh, although I think Apple's been pretty much so discussed pretty thoroughly. Uh, 800-516-1220 if you want to get a call in. CFP Chad Burton is sitting here with me. It's CFP Chad Burton. We've got an email, it looks like. I'm putting 10% of pay into my 401k or to do another 5000 I want to do it into a Roth. I am eligible for a Roth IRA, but my 401k also offers a Roth IRA. Should I just do that? Email from Greg. And that's that's a great question because the 401ks, people have probably seen this Roth version, but 
when you have the ability to contribute after-tax money into the Roth portion of the 401k, it's going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life. But it's not a Roth IRA. They actually have some different rules. Um, my opinion is that, let's say let's say your 401k has a match and you decide to put 10% of pay into your 401k, like this person did, and you can still afford to save more money. If he's eligible for a Roth IRA, I would prefer they go out and open a Roth IRA rather than the Roth version of the 401k. Um, and you have, first you have to be eligible. So the only time that you can fu- fully fund a Roth IRA, if you're single and you make your modified adjusted gross income is under 116000 you're good to go. If you're married, filing jointly, and your adjusted gross income is under 183000 you're good to go for a Roth IRA. So if your income's over that, you, you don't have an option. You can only do the Roth 401k version. So the reason why I want him to do a Roth IRA versus the Roth 401k is I'll tell you the only advantages of doing the Roth 401k first, and that's possibly some asset protection. So maybe if you think you're going to get sued or file bankruptcy or something like that, maybe the the Roth 401k is better. But on the Roth IRA, Rob, it's not subject to required minimum distributions. And it's a little bit better if you need to tap it for an emergency or for your first home or college education. In a Roth IRA, the money that you put in, you've already paid taxes on. So you could actually pull your contributions out anytime you wanted to. So for a younger person trying to save for a home or, or whatever, there's actually a little bit more flexibility for an emergency. Now, I don't like people to rob their retirement for emergencies. But your only options when you're doing a 401k is typically a loan. And we both know how those turn out, right? 401k loans, typically a bad idea. You've got to pay the money back over five years unless it's your first home. You change your jobs. You have to pay it all back right away. Otherwise, it's fully taxable plus a 10% penalty. So there's more flexibility in your investment choices. There's no required minimum distributions when you hit 70 and a half with a Roth IRA. And um, it's better for emergency reserves. So I think a good step, and if you go to uh, uh, chadburton.com and you go to the resource section, there's a 15 steps to take before you even need to hire somebody like me. And part of what I talk about is putting enough into the 401k and opening up a Roth IRA. A 401k is $18,000 that you can put in, plus a $6,000 catch-up if you're over 50. And then a Roth is, is 5000 or 5500 rather, with um, a $1,000 contribution catch-up if you're over 50. When I got into the business, it was basically you could put 10% of your pay into a 401k and 2000 an IRA. So people needed advisors more back then just to even get started there was a lack of no-load funds and things like that. Now you can put so much into your 401k and Roth, most families can't afford to max out both of those products, right? Right. So uh, there's a lot you can do on your own. And in my opinion, a Roth IRA is a little bit better than the Roth 401k. If you make too much, your only option, though, is is to do uh, the Roth 401k. That about covered? I think that'll do it. Gotcha. So you can drop an email like that to chat at newfocusfinancial.com or rob at robblack.com. A couple of business stories out there today. Netflix, having just made its debut in Japan, is expanding further into Asia. They said they're going to launch their service in Hong Kong, Singapore, South Korea, and Taiwan in early 2016. Google released an updated version of its wallet app as it gets ready to launch Android Pay. Mm, don't think people are excited on that one yet. The app included a refreshed interface and the ability to spend money received through the app sooner. eBay shares dipped a little bit. Cantor Fitzgerald downgraded the stock to hold. 
The investment firm cites slower growth for eBay once they complete their spinoff payment service from PayPal. There's a tech stock, Chad, that was all the rage back in the 1990s. And it's still lingering around today. It's To me, that's surprising. Um, but it's also, it tells you how tech works. Like, when was the last time you got excited talking about Intel or HP or eBay or these old tech companies? And eBay was a new tech company compared to those guys, but... We don't even do stories on them anymore. They just don't even crop up. On occasion, Intel is they're trying to get in the mobile phones, but that's very, very rare these days. And it's funny when you look at some of the tech companies out there that are becoming kind of old dividend play stocks. Um, if you look at something like XLK, which is you know, I, I do own a position in XLK, um, you're looking at P/E ratio slightly lower than the overall market, dividend yield of about the same because um, it's got some Apple and Cisco in it. It's also got a little Facebook and things like that, but uh, tech is definitely different than it was when we first uh, started this 23 years ago, right? <laughs> so, you know, hey, you know what September is? I didn't realize this until just now. It's saving for college month. What? Why are you bringing that up? Well, because I guess there's some opportunities for people if they start putting money into a California 529 plan that they can win um, up to $500 in extra contributions. God. I don't. I, how, where did these come from? Like Congress goes through a process to mandate September College Savings Month. How much time did that take, and how much taxpayer dollars were wasted in saving that September is College Savings Month? It just blows my mind. So the tech stocks that are relevant now: Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and that's about it. You probably throw Apple in there too. Um, I thought it's security is huge. But as far as growers, as far as what Wall Street, not Wall Street, but uh, I guess you'd almost call it CNBC audience is looking at. Mm. So uh, even the security stocks don't get as much play as they should, uh, even though they have the growth. It's all about Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. And most of them had a pretty good quarter of growth, to be fair, yeah. whereas a lot of tech stocks kind of went sideways on their growth. Palo Alto Network is up 5.5% today. They reported good numbers last night. And what do they do? Security. Security. Security's not going away. No, not at all. I saw uh, a priest killed himself over the Ashley Madison breach. Uh, his name cropped up on the Ashley Madison breach. So. Oh, my gosh. Which, That's for cool. the record, mine did not. <laughs> for the record, neither did mine. Uh, I did, I did though, uh, take a look at my street, and you can see who, who – you can see the households that obviously have issues. Oh, so, serious? So you looked at, yeah, you were yeah. able to see the addresses. Yeah. They say Tiffany's is going to be a big stock this quarter. Right, because of all the apologies. Oh. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we're doing an event tonight. Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel in Pleasanton, 630 to 9, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. I'm going to be there. CFP Chad's going to run the event. Michelle Lerman's going to talk about creating her legacy. Social Security benefits, income and retirement. It's critically important stuff. Uh, you want to create wealth, but then you want to manage it with an income strategy so that you have money, hopefully, on the day you die. If not, uh, no money on that day you die is the last day. Anyway, you can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. It's Thursday, third segment. Time for Chris Siaccia, tech editor, street.com. How are you, Chris? Good, Rob. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. You're in the Bay Area this time. I am. I was out for the iPhone event. I, you should have called me up. I would have taken you for a beer last night. <laughs> Maybe we can do it again. No doubt, because um, there will be another iPhone event for sure. Uh, were you at the Fillgram Center yesterday? Yeah, it was. It was a it was a huge event. You know, there was probably about seven thousand people there. Um, it was Apple essentially refreshed their entire product line, so it was a, a big event for them. And you know, kudos to them for doing everything that they did and more. And it seems, um, even though investors weren't particularly pleased, it seems like eventually they will be because. Some of the things that they announced, including the Apple TV, probably going to be big hits for Apple down the line. Yeah, living in the Bay Area, I've got a lot of engineer friends, and chatter was pretty quick about the App Store being unique to the TV product, i.e. they can now make video games for people at home. Uh, and they were pretty excited and Jones about that. And that's just one of those things that was kind of passive, but it's a pretty big ramification. What did you think about the TV product? I thought it was, you know, really leaps and 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 bounds past what they've had in the past, and and I think it leapfrogs the competition, including the Chromecast and uh, the Amazon Fire TV. Like you said, the App Store is really something that you know is probably going to be revolutionary. You know, they've talked about how apps are the way television is is the way to go, and Netflix has been on board with that. And I've, I wrote a piece uh, on the street.com this morning or yesterday saying that, you know, we won't be flipping channels anymore. We'll be flipping through apps. So I, I think that's something that's really going to revolutionize the way that we, we consume content. And again, like you mentioned, you know, it's not going to just change TV. Gaming is, is huge, too. You know, we've seen this boom in mobile and casual gaming. But if you can have a, a set-top box for half the price of an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4 and have those quality game, that those type of quality games available for that, that just completely throws the gaming industry for a loop as well. And it seems that Apple always gives themselves a little bit of extra room to expand the technology. Um, so like this third generation of the Apple TV could easily go to a fourth and fifth and still create demand as it goes. Because uh, this isn't a workhorse. It's, it's, it's more powerful than the current but there's a lot more tech they can jam in there if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's actually the, the fourth generation Apple TV, but you know, it's got you know this uh, the A8 chip which powered the uh, the old iPhone, so it's something that's incredibly powerful. It's got incredible amounts of storage, I believe, uh, 32 or 64, so it, it'll hold you know quite a bit of content that you have or or apps and, and things like that you know music photos which they which they talked about expanding into um so they kind of want this one box i guess to, to rule them all and in, in the living room eventually they just want you to have you know your actual television and then this box and and your iphone or or, or what have you and then that's really it because ultimately apple believes that there really is no need for any other device other than this set-top box. And if they can have that firm placement in and branding in your living room, then they've eventually won the fight for uh, for television in the living room. 
Let's switch gears to what I find to be the next most interesting product was the iPad Pro. And basically they said Microsoft was right with the whole Pro name as well as a keyboard that attaches to it. Um, kind of interesting that uh, Tim Cook went that direction in the sense that, again, it's just an admission that Microsoft had the right design, whereas they didn't. Unheard of, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting, and especially when you couple that with the quote-unquote Apple Pencil, which really, is, for all intents and purposes, is a stylus, which is something that Steve Jobs had, um, you know, kind of eschewed years ago. So it's not above and beyond Apple to, to, to go out and see what's in the market and see what's sort of working and then improve upon that. You know, we saw that with the iPod. We saw that with the iPhone. They weren't revolutionary products in the sense that they were the first MP3 player or the first smartphone, but they saw what was out in the market and, and did it better and made it look cooler and made it look better, and they can slap their, their logo on it and charge a premium for it. How about the phone? Anything uh, that you found interesting with the phone? Uh, the Force Touch, I watched a demo of it, and uh, maybe I'm underselling it. Or maybe I'm, I'm underwhelmed, but I'll be overwhelmed when I actually use it. Yeah, that was sort of the thing that stuck out to me the most, that coupled with the improvements that they made to the camera. So if you have you know, what they now call 3D Touch on the phone, you can actually press the phone... Um, and you'll actually be able to either lightly touch it or touch it a little bit harder. And depending upon how hard or how soft you touch it, you can do different things. And the same goes for photos. They now have something called Live Photos, which has been out in the wild. And um, in the past, I believe Nokia and HTC had something like this, where you can actually press the photo and it sort of becomes animated. So if you've taken a photo of a bridge with cars on it, you can actually see the cars moving or if you take a picture of a waterfall, you can actually see the water moving. So I thought that was something that seemed to be incredibly well-received, and um, given the fact that they spent a lot of time talking about the camera and 3D touch, I think those are reasons for you know for people to upgrade. Okay. <clears throat> um, software, the iOS 9, anything uh, noted there that you uh, want to report on? Outside of the fact that... Uh, iOS 9 for, you know, for the iPad will allow multitasking, which is something that people have been clamoring about for years. I think that's really going to help boost sales of the iPad, which have been declining for several quarters now. So I think that's something that shows Apple really is serious about making headways in the enterprise. We've seen that, you know, headways are, are moved into that, you know, coupled with the IBM partnership last year and the Cisco announcement just a couple of weeks ago. So I think iOS 9 is really getting serious about making Apple more than just uh, a consumer-friendly product, especially for the iPad. It, it makes them serious about the enterprise, and given the fact that businesses can spend a little bit more than consumers do, I think that's something that will bode well for the iPad over time. Any last takeaways you want to give us from the Apple event yesterday that you think are insightful? I was really impressed with the fact that um, they were able to essentially refresh their entire product line throughout the year. Uh, we talked about the Apple TV, the iPad Pro. They didn't even, they barely even mentioned the iPad Mini, which also got updated. They updated two new phones. And so I think that Apple is, you know, really kind of firing on all cylinders. And I think they're really making a big push for, for the holiday season 
refreshing all these products right before people start to go out and, and do their holiday shopping is kind of always what Apple has been about, especially, you know, in the past few years where they've seemingly become almost a one-quarter company. Um, so I think that what they're doing is is the right move for them in, in the long run, and I think ultimately shareholders will benefit, you know, say for, you know, a few gyrations in the market here and there. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccia, the tech editor for thestreet.com, tech editor for thestreet.com. Back to business with CFP Chad Burton. Uh, anything from Apple yesterday that the watch? They announced a new operating system for the watch, and obviously they're going to improve that product. First generation. They say 97% of their users like it, but everyone I talk to kind of has some like it's wonky or I gave up on it. The watch itself? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I, I, I haven't owned a watch, Rob, since I've had a cell phone. So I just, I, the activities that I do, I don't know, you know, I don't see myself getting one, and but they're, at the same time, I've thought about a Fitbit. Well, yeah. if I'm going to get something, I'd probably get an Apple Watch over a Fitbit, I guess. I don't know. Um, I would say. I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't know if that's going to be a big revenue source. If you look at how it's affected watch sales, it seems like it should be a large revenue source. I look for the other items like what are the additional revenue sources they just got into the cell phone leasing business they just got into i mean apple pay we're going to see those numbers next quarter yeah. um cell phone leasing business what they basically said if you pay 32 dollars over two years you can get a new iphone every year yeah which is pretty smart of them um cash flow wise it's it's absolute genius uh, companies love that subscription model mm-hmm. um because it can take your money and use it now a lot like the airlines do um yeah, but I think the watch, the second generation, will be really great. But, again, some of these products we find after a little bit of time, do we really need? Like, I have a Fitbit, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'm slightly puffy, and to stay on the slightly skinnier side of puffy, <laughs> knowing that I walked six, seven miles a day, or got my if I got six or seven miles of fitness in a day, I'll stay on the slightly skinnier side. If I sit around and do nothing all day, I'll get the slightly puffier side. So it helps me, but... I, I don't think – am I the exception or am I the rule? No, I think I, I know a lot of people that have a Fitbit. Okay. And, you know, having an office in near Portland, Oregon, we also knew a lot of people that had the Nike Fuel Band too. So now I think they've kind of switched to, to the Fitbit versus going to the uh, Apple Watch. But but we'll see. I mean, it's the additional revenue sources though um, and, and how, they, how the numbers look in China. That's going to be the biggest driving force behind Apple. I mean, obviously you have the law of large numbers that – will eventually hit that company. How many people, you know, at this point, it's upgrading your phone all the time. So at some point, revenues will levelize. When is that point? I don't know. Five years, 10 years, who knows? It's an interesting thought. Because yep. it, it came fast on computers when it went from, anyway, changed the topic. Uh, seminar coming up tonight, tonight, tonight in Pleasanton, Income and Retirement. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. CFP, Chad Burton, and myself will be there. Uh, income tonight in Pleasanton, California, 630 to 
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing. More. Big event coming up tonight in Pleasanton. I'd love to see you out there. Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel, 10 Pillars Retirement Income, planning. Um, <clears throat> I think that's when the game gets much more interesting. Wealth accumulation is the fun and sexy part. The part you don't want to mess up is what does the last 20, 30, or 40 years of your life look like as far as you paying you? Because for the first 40, between the age 20 and 60, your employer paid you. So you can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Let's talk a little living trusts and probate costs. What do we need to know? Probate in California is expensive. Yep. It's uh, one of the most expensive probate states there is. Now, it's a good place to die. So it's a, it's an expensive place to earn money because of the high taxes. But it's a good place to die because at this point, there's no California estate tax. If you live in Oregon or Washington, there's an estate tax. Over a million bucks in Oregon, over $2 million in Washington. So a lot of people that you know think, oh, I'm going to retire and I'm going to live in Washington because there's no income taxes on my IRA withdrawals in the state of Washington. Well, if you have a large estate, then you actually could end up paying that all back in the form of estate taxes. So it's really important to know those issues before you uh, move out of state to save current income taxes. So if you get cancer in Washington mm-hmm. and the doctor says you've got one year to left to live and you've got a large estate, you basically should move out of state. You know, it, it might it might pay um, if you haven't set up your state correctly. Okay. It might, it might pay. I mean, there's there's certain things that happen that you you have to actually in your financial plans for for people in Oregon and Washington, you have to project those estate taxes out there. And the, you know, a lot of people. I mean, look at Portland. The the traffic in Portland, Oregon, in the last six months has gotten out of control. It used to be, uh, you know, as, as long as you got out of downtown Portland before four o'clock, you're fine. Now traffic is horrible all day long because people from California have moved up to Oregon. People are trying to get out of this. A lot, you know, the the cost of housing here is unreal. It's absolutely unreal. So a lot of people, and we talked about the articles where Redfin searches four out of seven are looking for real estate outside of the Bay Area. Yep. Um, so a lot of people are considering that option. A lot of people are retiring in California, saying, "Oh." Well, I've only got a half a million or a million bucks to retire on, which can give you about, at the most, 40 grand a year for the next 35 years adjusted for inflation. That's not enough to live in the Bay Area. So they're looking at their house saying, well, I paid 100 grand for this 30 years ago. I can get 2 million out of it now. I better sell and move. And uh, so part of that search is, you know, where are you going to be happy? And sometimes it's actually dual residency. So you know, maintaining a house in two different areas because Washington's great except for September, October, November, December, January, when it rains nonstop, right? Summers and springs are beautiful. Income taxes are very low, but you might have a estate tax issue. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Harry in Castro Valley. Good, good morning, guys. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Um, <clears throat> I was wondering, um, for a calculation on expenses, when uh, when you retire with a spouse, if one of them passes away, what would your calculation be um, on the how much less 
percentage-wise would your expenses be? Like, would it be, we know it's not 50% less because you have all the other, your home and your utilities and stuff, but right. is it 20% is it twenty less or do you, do you know the number kind of? I'd I say 15 or 20 would be safe yeah. if you're trying to kind of just do off-the-cuff projections. Um, yeah. A lot of times you have to look at it because it depends on what the person's hobbies are. Um, I've got clients that spend a ton of money fly fishing, for example. That's a, you know, it can be expensive, five bucks a lure. It, it, it's kind of all over the place in terms of what the person's hobbies are that passed away. You do have your health care costs will be cut in half. Your food costs might be cut in half. Other than that, not a lot is cut in half. So you, you would lose that person's hobbies, half the health insurance costs, half the food costs, most of the other expenses remain in place because let's think about it. Yeah. If you go on vacation, you're still getting one room, right? You're still getting right. a room with a bed. So it's really just the food costs and healthcare costs. So not a big, I would say a safer bet if you're really trying to do longer term and you're in your forties or fifties would say maybe a 15% reduction. Yeah, um, that's good. I, I, that's what I, I was thinking 15 or 20. I just didn't know. Um, and then Social Security, because what happens to us is our Social Security, we'll lose one of them, the lower one. And then also the, our pensions, uh, we, we both picked the 75% uh, option mm-hmm. on pensions, but we'll still, we're still going to lose 25% of that. So it, it, uh, I figured that would be a kind of a safe, some safer numbers. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah, so in this case, he's looking at probably a 30 40% drop in income when one person dies because the smaller Social Security check goes away. Right. They keep the bigger one, and they only get 75% of the pension, typically, um, in, in the pension choices they, that he made. So it's, it's, a, it's something that you have to think about well prior to retirement. One of the ten pillars of in retirement income planning that I talk about is planning for the surviving spouse. Um, Could have been for him to come to them. Yeah, absolutely, because – People don't realize that they have you know, too many couples retire, and so much of their income is dependent on Social Security. And then one person passes away. The expenses are not cut in half, but yet the Social Security checks are reduced drastically. The pension can often be reduced drastically. So, can you afford to live? Is there a big age gap, too? That's another problem. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can meet me and CFP Chad Burton tonight at. Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel, 630 to 9. The 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. It's a good event. Hopefully we'll see you out there. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. You don't want to outlive your savings. You want to maximize strategies. You want to have a mix of income. I'm going to go over some stock ideas for that. 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. To find out more about the seminar tonight, sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.